so quick to point a finger and judge things from my point of view the things that we say the trouble it makes it hurts you and it hurts me too this is such a foreign world we live in it's really not the way it's supposed to be what if we could see each other different it'd probably change everything we're all broken people don't we all Every moment of our lives, 24, 3, 6, 5, our human is equal. Don't we all have our weakness? Hey. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody needs that grace. We all need Jesus. Who think they don't? We got stuff we hide deep down inside. There's so much that we don't show. Yeah, it's just the world that we live in. It's really not the way it's supposed, the way to, be. It's supposed to be. Living by the beauty of redemption. redemption. It changes everything. We're all broken people. Don't we all need Jesus? Oh. 
Make it your message by recording your thoughts into a voice memo. Then send it to the message at...
How's everybody doing? It was a good service this morning, wasn't it? A good message that God gave Curtis. I enjoyed that. Been feeding on it all day. Stand with me if you will. Let's sing What a Day That Will Be. good to see you back in church tonight. We do have a few announcements for you. Uh, don't forget that uh, this Grace Seniors Group uh, will have a meeting on March the 17th. Now that's going to start at 5 o'clock. Uh, this is going to be a covered dish meal, and so uh, it'll be over in the church fellowship hall. So when you sign up, please state what large side dish you will bring. And church will supply the meat, the bread, the drinks, and the tea and water. So don't forget to do that. Uh, it's on uh, it's St. Patrick's Day dinner over there in the fellowship hall. And so uh, you can, um, desserts, to bring a dessert, please see Phyllis Pope or Glenda Parks. Raise your hands there. There they are. We need some good desserts over there, don't we? Yep. So see them about that. Uh, be sure to wear something green. All right, wear something green. Is that on a Wednesday night? No, that's on, huh? That's on a Friday, okay. Also, um, uh, Barry Simpson is going to be here with us on the 12th. Most of you know Barry. He's preached before over in our revival, tent revival, our outside there. And he's also over our foundation, or he works for our foundation. And so some of you have asked what this is about. Well, we had it about maybe five years ago. It's on revocable living trust, it's on medical directives, power of attorney, uh, guardianship for minors. I mean, there's just a slew of things, uh, but uh, it's through our national Free Will Baptist, and uh, I think that you would be uh, really, uh, uh, it'd be good for you to be here to hear uh, what he has to say, because a lot of people don't know what that is and how it works and all that. And so Brother Barry will be here to uh, tell us all about it on Sunday night. 
And so make sure uh, that you're here that night. He's a wonderful man. He will bring in the gospel, and uh, it's just a wonderful um, uh, presentation of uh, what you need, what you need to do, all right? So uh, be here for that on the 12th, and uh, I'm sure that you'll enjoy what he has for you. Well, that's all the announcements I have tonight. We are going to go to the Lord in prayer, but we want to thank you for being here, and thank you that are watching us tonight. Uh, we appreciate you uh, being here with us, and like I always say, when you get to feeling better, if you're sick and you get to feeling better, make sure you come to church and enjoy uh, being here in the sanctuary uh, with the rest of us. Well, this is a time that we're going to uh, take up our offering. Uh, those of you that are in the sanctuary, the box is back there, but those of you that are online, this is a time that you can give. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you. We lift you up. We magnify you. You're so worthy of our praise. Thank you for this morning, but tonight's a new night. Father, I pray that you bless us once again with your presence. I pray for the singing. I pray for the preaching. I pray, God, that you'll use everything that's done here tonight to magnify you. Because, Father, it's about you. It's not about us. It's about you. And we love you. And we thank you for all that you do for us. Most of all, thank you for saving us. Help us tonight as we meet together. In your precious sweet name we pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, turn to the book of Jonah, the book of Jonah, chapter 2. Now, there was one I didn't announce tonight. Don't forget the breakfast on the 12th, and uh, Roger back there reminded me that that's the same day that we spring forward. So spring forward that day and then come to breakfast, all right? So spring forward and come to breakfast. A little bit tricky, yeah? So uh, it could be tricky. So make sure you do that, all right? Uh, what I always do about 11 o'clock at night, I always go around and do all my clocks, set them forward, you know. Of course, these do it it's your, themselves. You don't have to do nothing to them. So, But all your clocks and stuff in your house, you got to do that too. Well, let's all stand tonight, and we'll read out of Jonah chapter 2. And we are talking tonight on the subject, exchanging the infinite for the finite. And we kindly talked about that a little bit this morning. Idols, how many of you know that, that this old world has a lot of idols, right? Idolatry. And so that's kindly what we talked about this morning. We're going to finish up tonight. The Bible says in Jonah chapter 2 verse 8, They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with a voice of thanksgiving. I pay that that, that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. How many of you know salvation is of the Lord? Let's thank the Lord for the reading of his word. Father, thank you. We love you. Help us tonight as we study together. Lord, give us what we need in our lives. Father, most of those that are here tonight are Christians. They love you. But Lord, we can't allow these things to get in our lives to disconnect us from what you have for us so lord help us to listen tonight thank you for everything you're going to do in this service in your precious name we pray amen tell somebody you love them before you sit down there
Glad I'm safe tonight. How about you? Check. One, one, one. Testing one. Testing one, two. There you go. Hello, TJ. We're going to do one, maybe another one. If this one goes halfway decent, we might try another one. You pray for us. Did I mention...
Let's do If You Knew Him. If You Knew Him. Try to find that one. Uh, and again, wow, what a sermon this morning. Yeah, it did yourself. It was great, wasn't it? Good service. Amen. <clears throat> All right, well, feed Jimmy the word.
Well, this morning, as we talked about Jonah chapter 2, we really took verse 8 and we took two words that, or two things that became clear concerning those who spend their lives in service and worship of things that are not truly God. The first thing that we talked about, if you spend your life in service and worship of things that are not truly God, there's always failure on the part of the substitute God. Always failure on the part of the substitute God. You see, those idols, those false gods and images and imaginations of men that receive his worship and the service and energy and thought, all of that is futile. All of it is. They are incapable, these false gods, these substitute gods, are incapable of giving anything in return for the honor that you give them. Secondly, the forfeiture on the part of the people. Now, we got into this pretty deep today, so I'm not going to go over it again, but we got in pretty deep today. In Jonah's day, idolatry was tied to false religions, such as gods made out of stone and wood, and these statues would sit in the temple or on a shelf in the home of the family. And you may ask, how can I tell what or who my God really is? Well, our God is what consumes our thoughts. So tonight, what is consuming your thoughts? How do you direct your dreams in your life? How do you desire things in your life? What drives you? Because whatever that is has become your idol has become your God that you will serve. And when you think of serving these gods, you have to understand that the sin comes, the idolatry appears, when we have a great desire for things that are not great. Now, I want to say that again. Sin comes and idolatry appears when we have a great desire for things that are really not great. So I want that to sink in for just a moment. And as we start tonight, I want us all to know that we want all that God can give us. How many believe that? I want all that my God can give me. So how do we accomplish that in our lives? How, how do we accomplish in our life? How does he accomplish, maybe I should say, through us, the blessings that he wants to give to us, the health that he wants to give to us, the healing, the miracles, the family that he wants to give to us, the finances that he wants to bless us with. But the problem tonight is this. The problem is the average Christian, the average person wants those things more than they want God. And it's called idolatry. Anytime we would rather have something over Jesus, I want you to understand tonight, or place something beside of Him to be on equal level with Him, I want you to know we have crossed over into desiring what was created more than the one who created it. And that's what the Bible means by that. Sometimes there are obvious adverse effects to the sin and the idolatry that we have in our hearts. But even when these consequences are not currently present in our life, I want you to know that idolatry, this sin, will always cost us something. It never lets us off for free. It will always cost us something in our lives, in our families, in our churches. If we've crossed over to design what was created more than who created it. Remember Jonah. I want to go back to that story that we told this morning just for a moment. Remember what Jonah said. He says, those who worship worthless, worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. If you would rather put something in the place of God, idols, 
idolatry, then here's what's going to happen. Then you forfeit the grace that God wants to give you. How many of you know tonight that our God is a God of grace and mercy? That's what He is. A God of grace and mercy. We swap some, we, 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 when we do that, we swap something that is of infinite worth for something that is ultimately just worthless. And we find out that it may be too late. We put our whole lives into creating and making and, and getting, and, and at the end of life we find out that it was worthless. The only thing that is worth anything in this life and the life to come is your relationship with Jesus Christ. So with those main thoughts in mind, those two main thoughts in mind, I want to give you three statements of truth that should be a warning to all people. The first statement is this. And it's kind of obvious. There is no substitute for God. How many can, can agree with me on that? There's no substitute for God in your life. If you want to be blessed, if you want to have the things that God wants you to have as a family, as an individual, there's no substitute for the true God, the only God. But we try to put everything else in the place of Him. Everything that this old world has to offer is empty. Everything that this old world has to offer is empty and worthless. And by the way, there is only one God. I don't care what people try to tell you. There's only one God that's worthy of your praise. Why do we come to church? We come to church because we want to magnify Him. We come to church because we want to be with His people. And we want to love on Him. You see, we've got it all wrong. Most people think we come to church tonight because He owes us something. Let me tell you something tonight, folks. We owe Him everything. We owe Him everything. There's only one who has ever been a present help in time of trouble. There's only one who hears your prayers. There's only one that hears the silent cries of your heart, and his name is Jesus. He's the only one that hears those things. There's no other God that you may place before him that hears or cares about who you are and what you are. Only God. There's only one who is able to act on your behalf. How many understand that tonight? There's only one that's able to act on your behalf tonight on what you need in your life. He's the only one that is all-powerful, all-knowing. He's everywhere. He's the only one that can answer your prayers. Now back to that story. The story of Jonah. When we looked at that story this morning, we kind of left it in a certain place, but the storm was raging all around. The sailors were praying, and everyone is crying out to their God. And there were many gods represented in that boat, if you remember. You see, the sailors were crying out to the gods they served, you know, the, the gods of stone and, and, and the gods of wood and, and all of this, and they were crying out. And you know what? They were getting no answers to their prayers. How many of you know? You'll never get an answer to your prayer if you're praying to the wrong God. Only He can answer your prayers. And only He has the ability to answer your prayers. So they were getting no answers. So what happened when they were getting no answers? Well, here's what happened. They awoke this disobedient prophet, Jonah. You see, he was so... Uh, so out of it and didn't care about what was going on that he was asleep in the bottom of the boat. He, he didn't care what happened to those folks. But when they woke him up and he prayed, then what happened? Well, the Bible says the crew cried out to Jonah, cry out to your God because our gods are not helping us in any way. And maybe your God will help us. 
And soon they found out that what was happening is that Jonah was in sin. Jonah was away from God. Jonah was running from his God. And by the way, I want to say this tonight. You can never run away from God. He always knows where you're at. He knows what you're into. He knows what you have on your mind, on your heart. He knows everything about you. There was Jonah in the bottom of that boat thinking he was getting away from God. Thinking he was hiding from God. There may be some of you watching tonight, some of you in here tonight, that think you are hiding from God, that you're hiding something from Him, something that's in your life that you're hiding. Maybe, maybe a, a, an idol in your life, and I talked about those idols. They can be anything, husbands, wives, children. I, I mean anything that you put before God. And you think you're hiding that from God. Can I say something tonight? You're not hiding it. And by the way, there is coming a reckoning day, just like with Jonah, there was a reckoning day that he had to fess up to what he was into. And there's coming a day that we are going to have to fess up to what we're into. And this day was the day. He, he cried out to his God and, and they said, cry out to him and maybe he'll help us. They soon found out that Jonah's God truly was the maker of heaven and earth. And can I say today that your God tonight that you serve, that you love, that you give your heart to, He is surely the maker of heaven and earth. There is no other God but Him. I started thinking about that, and many times in the Bible, God shows us His strength and shows us that there's only one God. You remember Elijah on Mount Carmel, don't you? He's there and he's debating, you know, with these prophets of Baal. These prophets of Baal, you know, they served other gods. They had all kinds of gods and served other gods. And, and the God of Israel was there. And these false religious people of Baal were there. And so here's what happened. They built an altar. They built an altar and, and were calling down fire from heaven to consume it from their gods, you know. They thought their gods were going to do this. They hooped and they hollered and they jumped and they sang and they cut themselves. But guess what? Nothing happened. Nothing happened. You want to know why? Nothing ever happens with these idols, with adultery. Nothing never happens with it. It's always false, always empty. Always void of substance. Nothing happened. Not a word. Not a rumble. Not a bolt of lightning. No thunder. And so, here is Elijah. He makes his way towards that sacrifice. And he starts making fun of them. He starts making fun of these prophets of Baal because he knew that their gods were false. And he says to them, he says, well, he must, your God must be indisposed or, or your God must be on a journey somewhere or your God must be asleep somewhere or your God must not be able to hear you. And by the way, idolatry, idols, they can't hear you. He was right on that. So what does Elijah do? Well, he fills the, the ditches with water and, and, and he does all he can do, you know. And then all of a sudden he calls on God. Fire descends from heaven. It licks up the sacrifice that were in, it was in, those, in that ditch. The wood and the water. And Elijah prayed over that altar. And God came down. I want you to know tonight, folks, if you want God to move in your life, then He has to be number one in your life. He has to sit on the throne of your heart tonight, and He has to be put in the right place in your life. We can't live this life of halfway and halfway, you know, over here sometimes and over here sometimes. God wants us to live for Him tonight. If we want our prayers to be answered, if we want to hear from God, if we want to see God do mighty, wonderful works in your life, if you want to see God do mighty, wonderful works in your church, 
If you want to see God to bring revival to your heart, listen to me. We need to live for Him. We can't live half and half because God will never bless us. The Bible says that when Elijah prayed, that fire came from heaven and licked up that sacrifice. That would have been something to see, wouldn't it? Well, we can see the fire of God now in the day and time we live in. We can see it in the lives of people. Have you ever seen anybody on fire for God? Amen. Maybe you hadn't seen it in you in a long time, but we have seen people on fire for God. Amen. And what God can do in a life that is given to Him. You see, the things most of us give our lives to and for and care for cannot help us. They cannot help us. Nothing but God will eternally satisfy us. Nothing but God can save us. There are no other gods to do that. Only the God. And these gods don't last. These gods will leave you. They will lose you. The devil will take you and use you as long as he can. Let me tell you something. At the first opportunity, the devil will throw you away. The devil doesn't want anything to do with you. I like what Psalms 115 verses 1 through 8 says. It says, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory, for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is now their God? But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. Their idols were silver, silver and gold. The work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Are you listening? Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. They have hands, but they handle not. Feet have they, but they walk not. Neither speak they through their throat. They that make them are likened to them. So is everyone that trusteth in them. In other words, what he's saying, those idols, that, that, that idolatry that is all among us and all around us, it is empty, no substance in it. The only one is God, the God you serve. The second thing is, there is no salvation apart from God. No salvation apart from God. I don't care what people say. I don't care what people tell you. The only one that can save you is Jesus Christ. He's the only one. There is no other but Him. Only God can save us from our sins. If you want your sins wiped away tonight, don't go through some, uh, you know, some part of your life that you think you can do that through money or you think you can do that through some relationship or you think you can do that through some church or some uh, organization that you're doing. Let me tell you right now, the only way that you can have salvation from your sins is through the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can provide forgiveness for you. You know, our whole problem tonight is that we need forgiveness, don't we? Boy, conviction is really hard on us, isn't it? Conviction, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to show us where we're at. How many are thankful for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit tonight? Because without the convicting power of the Holy Spirit, we'd be lost. Amen? But thank God for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit that when we do something wrong as God's children, when we do something wrong and the convicting power of the Holy Spirit lets us know right then that we've done something wrong, we ought to thank God for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. But some people come to church and they know better and they understand the things of God. They know the Lord, but they sit there and they're convicted over things in their life. And they sit there and they sit there and they leave time and time and time again without getting that thing right with the Lord Jesus Christ. And before you know it, you know what happens? They get hard in their hearts. Let me tell you something tonight, folks. Salvation comes through God's provision of grace. In His Son, His precious Son, Jesus Christ. 
Salvation's security rests in the power of God. Salvation's joy is found in the presence of God in your life. If you have joy tonight or if you want joy, listen, the only way it comes is through knowing that you're saved and ready to go to heaven. There's nothing on this earth can bring you that type of joy. There's no job that you can get to bring you that type of joy. There's no friends in this world that you can have to bring you that type of joy. There's no money in the bank that can bring you that type of joy. The only thing that can bring you... Does anybody know what I'm talking about tonight? This salvation joy. Knowing that you're saved. Knowing that if you walk out of this church tonight and have a car wreck and die, that you're going to heaven to be with Jesus. There is nothing like that. Nothing. Nothing can buy that. Knowing that you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior tonight. I am so thankful tonight that I'm saved, 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 and ready to go to heaven. Salvation's joy is found in the presence of God in your life. It's no one else. You can get it nowhere else, only through God. And that, then last but not least, there is no lasting satisfaction apart from God. Did everybody hear that? There is no lasting satisfaction apart from God. You know, people try to be satisfied in a lot of things. A lot of things. A lot of things. You know, preacher, uh, people have told me before, you know, I I know, uh, preacher, that you think this is wrong. You know, I'm talking about all kinds of different things. You think this is wrong, and the Bible says it's wrong, but God knows I'm happy right here. God knows I'm happy living with this man. God knows I'm happy living with this woman out of wedlock. God knows that. He knows I'm happy. God knows that He just made me different. I've heard that so much it makes me sick. He just made me different. No, He didn't. God made you with a heart and a soul. God's put a longing in your heart and soul to come back to Him. Amen? We all have it. We were born with it. And sometimes it just comes out in so much different area because people want to find their own way, you know. I'm going to find my own way to make me happy, preacher. I'm going to live with this woman. I'm going to live with this man. I'm going to try this alternate lifestyle, and that'll make me happy. Let me tell you something, folks. The only thing that will ever make you happy and will ever fill that gap in your life is a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know why Christians aren't uh, more happy with what Jesus has done in our lives. How He's changed our heart and changed our life. I don't know why we don't shout it from the mountaintop. I don't know why we don't have a shouting fit every time we talk about what Jesus has done in our lives. Folks, if it wasn't for Jesus, you'd be lost just like they are. But we're saved tonight because salvation is in no one else but Jesus. There is no lasting satisfaction apart from God. You know, all the different things in this world we try to bring peace to our hearts, souls, and minds are just temporary at best. Did you know that? They're just temporary. It's kind of like when I was a kid, you know, and the the fair would come out to the fairgrounds, you know, and we'd be so excited. And that usually happened, I think, in August. Is that right? About August. And now it's, you know, anyway, and they're back in school now, you know, everybody's back in school before the fair comes. And I remember we didn't go to school. Well, I went to school, but we didn't, (laughs) we didn't go back that soon, you know, and we'd go to the fair and you know have a good time ride all those rides you know get those tickets get on those rides eat all those corn dogs and you know all that stuff just have a good old time and every year we look towards that you know uh, of just having that that good time but you know what that time would come and pass it was gone it didn't last I mean it lasts for a few hours for a few moments you know and then it was gone. I remember being in high school. And do you all remember being in high school? I remember being in high school. And, and all the things, you know, playing ball. And 
I, I love ball. I love playing ball. All, you know, anything. I, I just loved it. And you know, when I was in high school, all I wanted to do was get out of high school. But after high school was gone, I wanted to be back in high school and play ball again. You know what I'm saying? It just comes and goes fast. It's fleeting. You know, this, what the earth has to offer you, what the world has to offer you, and all this stuff, all this thing they, they say is joy, all these drugs, all this alcohol, all, all of this sex, and all these things is just fleeting. It's gone. But how many of you know I'll go to bed tonight and I'll wake up in the morning and I'll have as much joy in my heart in the morning as I have tonight because I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'll come back on Wednesday night and I'll have as much joy in my heart Wednesday night. And I'm no better than you are, but I'll have as much joy in my heart Wednesday night that I've got tonight. You want to know why? That's not because of me. That's not because I've manufactured something in my life. It's because Jesus Christ lives in my heart tonight and He's there. And He brings joy. Aren't you glad tonight you have joy in your heart? So the world can't take that away from you. What the world has is temporary. It's just a temporary anesthetic. It's to dull the pain that this life brings without Jesus. It's to fill the longing and give the rush. But we soon find out it wears off and then there's nothing. That's the reason we're seeing all these suicides and all of these heartaches that we hear about. Because people get on this rush for a little while and it doesn't last. The only thing that lasts tonight is a relationship with Jesus Christ. It lasts. I'm here to tell you tonight, God wants to bless you. Our problems is we live for the moment tonight. But I'm here to tell you, you're not going to live just for a moment. You're going to live for eternity somewhere. And the only way to feel that is through Jesus. By the way, how many would say tonight, preacher, how many would agree with this statement, God fills our life with good things? How many would say amen right there? God fills our lives, I'm talking Christians, He fills our lives tonight with good things. Good things, but even at that, this life we're living now, these good things, they'll fail to compare to what He's preparing for us. The best is yet to come. <laughs> oh, He fills our life with good things now, doesn't He? I mean, He fills our lives, you know, with good church and, and good singing, and, and, and He fills our lives, you know, with, with children. He fills our life with grandchildren, that little... Chapel, you know, I just love pinching her cheeks. She's so sweet. I mean, I just can't hardly get enough of her. Fills our lives with ball games, grandchildren, watching them play ball. I mean, he fills our life with good things, doesn't he? Good things. Fellowship with one another. But folks, this is pale compared to heaven that we're going to have one day. How many believe in heaven tonight? Hey, this is pale compared to what we have and we're going to get in heaven one day. And it's going to be soon, I think. I'm looking for Him every day. How about you? Every day I get up, I look for Him. I, I, I know He's coming soon. I, I just feel it in my heart. You say, preacher, how do you know? I just feel it in my heart. And, and if He doesn't come tomorrow, I'm still going to be in love with Him and I'm still going to be in, have joy in Him. He fills our life with good things. But they fail to compare with what heaven has for us. You see, we live for what we can see now, feel and touch and hear what we have now. And some of the most wonderful moments in life cannot be or, or fully explained because they consist of things that we cannot weigh, measure, or be placed in a container. And shown. Because what lives inside of you can only be expressed through what we're doing here tonight. 
You see, the world can't see what's inside of us. But when we come to church and we understand how God works in our lives, we can all say, Amen. You want to know why? Because the Holy Spirit within us is saying, Amen, Amen, Amen. And that's through Christians. You see, the world doesn't know about that. The world can't feel that or hear that. Only you that know the Lord Jesus know that. When I think about what God has done in our lives, how can I measure forgiveness? How can I measure the forgiveness that God has put on my life? With all the things I've done in my life. You want to know how much God loves you tonight? Here's how much God loves you tonight. You look at how bad we are. And how much forgiveness God has given us. Now think about that just for a moment. All the things we've done. All the things that's went against Him. But how much He forgives us. How do we measure the peace of God? Well, I'll tell you how you measure it. You stand over the body of a loved one. You stand over a body of a wife or a husband or a father or a mother and you stand there over that body in, in, that, in that coffin. You think to yourself beforehand, I cannot take this. I cannot stand this. I can't go through this. And all of a sudden, you measure the peace of God in your life that overwhelms you in that time. Let me tell you something tonight, folks. Nobody can do that but God. That idol can't do that. That thing that you put in the place of God can't do that. Only the peace of God can do that. You measure those things in your life. And then you'll find out how much God loves you. How can we measure the grace of God? The grace of God. How, how in the world could we measure the grace of God tonight? There is nothing. There, there is nothing large enough. To measure the grace of God in your life. And how He's blessed you with His grace. How can I measure tonight the value of God's presence in my life or in your life? You know, when you're so far down that you can't get up, but there's God's presence right there with you. There He is right there speaking in your ears, speaking to your heart. He said, I'll never leave thee. I'll never forsake thee. He's always, how in the world can we measure God's presence in the life of a Christian? You can't measure it. How can I measure the depth of joy my heart feels when I think of God? And then I consider His love for me. How much He loves you. How much He loves you. If we're truthful tonight, He should have thrown us all away. Amen. But He loved us enough to go to a cross and give His own life in place of ours. How can we measure God's love for us? That He sent His only begotten Son to die for wicked people like you and me. How can we measure it? We can't measure it. The love of God. I'm so thankful for the love of God tonight, aren't you? That He loved me and He loved you when you were unlovable and I was unlovable. He still loved me and He still loved you. We can't measure it. We forget God's best sometimes. We forget God's best because we settle for the things of this world instead of the eternal things that God has for us. And it's not just me. It's you. All of you that love Him. 
He wants his best for you. Aren't you glad tonight? Aren't you happy tonight? Don't you have joy in your heart tonight? Because of what God's given you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your mercy, grace, your love, your peace, your presence. All these things, your forgiveness. There's no way we can measure these things. Because what you've given us is out of this world. There's nothing in this life could ever compare to what you are. And Father, tonight, every now and then, we just need to thank you and praise you and honor you. Lift you up. Because you're worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy of our praise. We don't deserve these things. We don't deserve what you give us. But Father, we are so thankful for him tonight. Help us. Help us to never forget to honor you. Not put things before you. Not put things in place of you. And God, if we are, convict us. Convict your children. Show us what we need to do right now, tonight. God, help us to never, ever, ever forget to thank you. Maybe you're here tonight and God is speaking to you. I mean, God is speaking to your heart right now. Maybe you just need to come and, and, and just talk to Him. Just be with God right now. Just come and be with God.